Good morning. Welcome to Family Life. Let's go. God, we pray that you would have your way here, that you would just um, clear out all the distractions, the hindrances, the tiredness, the, the feelings of unworthiness. God, may we just lie all, lay all of that stuff down at your feet, Lord, that we could just come boldly before your throne and worship you and pour our love on you this morning, God. And would you just, um, just reveal yourself to us today in just new and fresh ways, God, as we just seek after you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.
us, Lord, that you come rushing in, just flooding over us with your love this morning.
Daily bread.
how many have made room for him today? Are you desperate for him? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, yesterday, uh, it wasn't a really great day for me. Uh, not really sure what was going on. About like my phone right now. It's not acting right. There's a lot of things yesterday that weren't acting right around the house. <clears throat> things were happening. I could see them happening and I understood what was going on, but I just, for whatever reason, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't rebuke it and say, no. souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light it's so easy I recognized it I didn't do anything about it and I just continued to struggle and fight through it yesterday and I feel like that's probably what a majority of us do we see it and we just continue to fight it but if you plant Jesus in your situation breakthrough happens you can overcome the battle the things that you're struggling with I didn't do that yesterday and for that you know I'm off on weekends kind of like the song says you got a reason to praise well, instead of praising yesterday for being off with my wife and having a good time, trying to have a good time, I let the enemy in and he distracted me. And I wasn't, I don't feel like I was mean to my wife. It was just another distraction, another thing. I hate to get up here every time and say I'm sorry to my wife because I feel like the last couple of times I've been up here, I'm apologizing to my wife for the things that happened, but I need to be praising God for being off on Saturdays and Sundays to be with my wife. That I woke up this morning, you know, Friday morning, a guy that I work with, he didn't wake up. He had a heart attack and died in his sleep. And we take for granted these things. I take for granted for these things for not giving God honor and glory and praise. We're talking in Genesis. I'm sorry if I'm going all over the board here. And we were talking this past week in Genesis about God created everything. Genesis 1, God created. He made nothing into something. Try to wrap your brains around that. What is nothing to you?
my brain can't even fathom it. I don't even understand it. We didn't understand it. But I can tell you this. You plant Jesus in your life and things are going to change. You get in the word. You pray. And, it, and you recognize these attacks from enemies. And it's easier. I'm not going to say it's not easy, but it is easier to rebuke it and move on. And just remember all these things that we go through that we're fighting and we're struggling with. You know, God's got a plan. Maybe he's trying to show you something through it all. For me, I'm a little hard-headed. It takes a couple more times for God to show me. But I'm learning. And Rome wasn't built overnight. change me and mold me and scope me into the mighty warrior that he wants me to be, Brian. So I just want to encourage you this week, if you're going through something, if something happens, try to recognize it, try to rebuke it fairly quickly and let God take over. Don't try to do it on yourself. We're real good about doing it all by ourselves instead of relying on the one that can take care of it for us. So, Father, I just thank you for today. <laughs> thank you for allowing us to be able to come and worship you and give you honor, glory, and praise. We owe you everything. You owe us nothing, Lord. Thank you for your son. Thank you for making a way when there wasn't a way. Father, help us just to be a little more like you and less like ourselves. Humble our hearts. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, brother. Just for the record, I think I could probably get up here and apologize every single week on behalf of Julie because she drops the ball all the time. No, she's... <laughs> Shelly, I'm just getting started, okay? So we're, we're about to jump into this. We're going to see what happens. Um, I... Um, I guess we'll go and dismiss the children for Children's Church and Shelly, Livy. Thank you guys for ministering to the little ones. I put stuff in my sermon just for Shelly, just for the response, and I didn't make the connection to see what's going to be. You have to watch it. You will feel loved. You will feel loved. Okay, a couple of announcements to uh, make sure you're aware of. We have uh, this week the women's growth group. It's coming up on Tuesday at 4.30. Again, the women's growth group, Wednesday at 4.30. That's going to be at Katrina Bowers' house. And uh, if you um, have any questions about that, you see Katrina. But that's a really good time to meet and connect and be sharpened by one another. Um, also, there is um, Broken Loved Healed is doing a Power of God on display 
uh, testimony service, worship time, time of healing, and, and all these things. It's going to be this Friday, this Friday at 6.30. This Friday, wow. I usually put this Friday on my notes, but I have the date. So, wow, what year is it? Um, there's going to be testimonies of miracles and healings. They, um, Richard and Rose just went on a recent trip to Brazil and got to see a lot of different things God is doing. And then uh, I'm sure that the spillover of that uh, certainly comes over here in, into these states as well. And uh, so worship, testimonies, healing, um, prayer. And, uh, and so just want to come and be blessed. Um, Richard Rose, do you guys have anything else to add to that? Words cannot explain. Our nephew went with us. He'll be here Friday night. And he was told by several people who've been to Brazil what it was like. So he said, you can't prepare for this. It's just different. And Randy always says, never close your eyes when you pray for somebody. I had a person in front of me who had a skin disorder. And uh, he was right. Stay tuned for Friday night. He's learning about teasing. No, he's really good at that. He's walked up behind me yesterday when I was exercising and scared me to death. I said, don't do that again. But anyway, no, it is amazing. And here's the thing. I heard someone this last week when we were talking about um, the, the meeting coming up and sharing testimonies. They're like, well, that happens in Brazil. Well, the, for those of you who know us, we went to Brazil in 2019, and we have seen God heal here in Mount Vernon, in Illinois, in the United States. So God doesn't love the Brazilians any more than he loves anybody here. But there was a hunger, and I, we're going to have some videos and some testimonies. And I'm telling you, if your wood's wet, you need to be here because it'll be on fire. And that's part of it, too. It wasn't just about healings. It was about people being saved, being um, set free. There was emotional healings at the altar. It was like emotional healing on steroids people being filled with the Holy Spirit, receiving the gift of tongues, the children. There was a service where all these children received tongues. I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. And words of knowledge for healing, words of knowledge about people's lives and prophetic words, which during worship, come here. Put your hand down. Because during worship, the word gave me a, a word for you. And I said, well, Ken's going to have to call us up so that you can get your word. <laughs> and you did. So the first word I heard was insight. And then, then I saw an image that reminded me, my father and our son are colorblind. My father's deceased, but colorblind. So I felt like the Lord was saying, because I saw this um, video recently, uh, there are glasses that they make for people. I guess they're pretty expensive where they, they're colorblind glasses, so they can see color. And it was this video of this man being able to see color for the first time. And I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm giving you new insight. I'm giving you new perspective. You're going to start seeing things in a different way because it's just like putting those glasses on. You're going to see things differently. And then the Lord reminded me that in October at Voice of the Apostles, Dr. Randy Clark prayed an impartation for me. And ever since then, I have started seeing more images and visions that relate to prophetic words and words of knowledge. So, Lord God, we just release that impartation into Kent, that he will have more visions. He will see images that will be clearly displaying what he needs for himself, 
for this body and for individuals. So, Lord God, we just release that impartation, and we say just giving more, Lord. Increase that insight. Increase and change that perspective to your perspective, Lord God. We just thank you. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love. Amen. Is anybody else sitting on a word for me to call you up? I want to, I don't want to pass up any, uh, any, (laughs) those you can see me after service for, those are good. Um, Thank you, thank you, Richard Rose. So this Friday night, you guys don't want to miss that. Also, the uh, Kids Church Takeover is coming up Sunday, January 29th at 1030 right here. And so the kids are going to take over the service actually next week. Uh, Pastor Greg is preaching. He's going to bring it. What? Don't be too good. I got to follow you up. No, man, let it flow. Let it flow. And then also we have a combined worship service on February 5th at 10 o'clock at Grace Community Church. And um, Pastor Jason over there, he said, uh, he asked if, uh, if, if I'd be interested in, in preaching over there, and I said, well, if I did, we'd probably just bring our whole church on over there and, and uh, do it like that, and uh, he said, yeah, that's actually what I was thinking, and I was like, ah, oh, you tricky guy, okay, <laughs> and he's not going to be there, so we can train wreck that place, so <laughs> no, or we can wreck it in a godly way, um, but, uh, but that's coming up, again, that's uh, February 5th at 10 o'clock, we'll make sure keeping that before us and send out the text and all that stuff. If you're not in the loop, for texting it's in the bulletin the phone number and you could text loop to that phone number in the bulletin and uh and you can is it in the bulletin somebody has a bulletin is it in there i thought it was in there ah it's not Mm. text the church then text the church yeah you can text the text number on the back of the bulletin it's the same number and uh text loop l-o-o-p and that gets you informed on what's going on so you're not missing out, especially whenever there's a lot of stuff going on. Also, we have Youth Encounter coming up. So not just Encounter, but this is geared towards the youth. It'll be a Friday and Saturday, and uh, February 17th and 18th. It'll be a Kingdom Seed Ministries. There's no cost, and uh, it's for grades 6th through 12th. And if you have any questions about that, you can see Julie. Is there anything else? Okay. I think that's that's going to be a really good time. We have... Um, uh, other youth groups that are coming together for that as well and so uh, so really looking forward to that and so and, and then also if, if if you're new or if information for you has changed I want to encourage you to fill out a connection card that's back here at the offering boxes you can fill that out so we get your information we can follow up and connect or stay connected if your information has changed I found out that our information has changed on our on on the Apple Maps our address was still on veterans who pointed that out to me? Uh, oh, it was uh, Brenda. Brenda pointed that out. And I was like, oh, I think I got that figured out. And I was like, no, I don't have that figured out. And so, <laughs> so I was thankful. Thankful. So, so all right, guys, we're going to get into this, uh, this message. This is part two of a series. This will be the last part of the message, although it could go on and on and on. But this is the book, and we're talking about the Bible. And the idea of the message this morning is what the Bible does, the benefits of the Bible, the Word of God as it's applied to our lives. What does that accomplish? What does that do? And so, uh, so I want to pray, and then we'll dive in. God, thank you so much for time where we can gather together and, 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 and focus our hearts on you, our affection and our mind's attention. 
God, I pray that you'd help us to be good listeners today. And I pray against any distractions, whether external or internal. God, the distractions that would keep us from receiving the seed of your word and that the enemy not come snatch it away, but Lord, that your word is planted deep within our hearts and that it finds good, fertile soil, Lord, that it could accomplish and, and bring to fruition what you want to do in us, through us, in our marriages, our families, our jobs, schools, all throughout, Lord, in every aspect of our lives. Lord, may your word planted, be planted deep within our hearts, and Lord, may it not return void as it's proclaimed this morning, and thank you, Lord. Thank you for that promise that it won't. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want to start off with a story. We all need a good story. Now, this is a partially true story and mostly fake, but uh, I don't know. It's just a little bit lot fake. And, um, and so the story goes like this. There's a guy that uh, he, was, he was out of work and, uh, and, and, you know, looking for a job. He uh, was having a hard time finding a job. This situation, and so what he did was he he was looking through the one ads, and uh, and he found this 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 guy that was wanting to hire somebody to be his his bodyguard, wanting to you know have some protection, some security, and so he calls him up and he tells him he's like, man, I I've, I'm the perfect guy for. No, I haven't. He said, you've not been to Jeff Bullard's concealed carry class. That's a plug. That's a plug. That's a plug. Okay. You've not been to Jeff Bullard's concealed carry? He said, no, I'm not. I don't have my concealed carry license. And uh, he said, so, well, do you, do you know martial arts or, or any kind of, uh, you know, um, like military training, any of that stuff? He's like, no, nope, not at all, none of that stuff. He's like, well, how big are you? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm about 130 pounds. And, uh, and the guy's like, listen, you're wasting my time. You feel sorry for the guy. Oh, you're wasting my time. I'm not going to hire you. You're not what I'm looking for. And the guy says, no, 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 no. I'm tough. And the guy's like, well, no. You, you, listen, I don't care how tough you are. He says, but I'm really tough. And so, uh, so he says, well, how, how, just entertaining it. How tough are you? And he says, I'm so tough that I was out farming one day. I was in the combine. And some hay got jammed up in the back and it was stuck in there. So I got out of the combine, went around to the back and I was pulling out this hay and, 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 it, and it pulled my arm in and it pulled my arm right off my body. And so I grabbed my arm, I went inside and I sewed it back on and I went back outside and I finished the job. That's how tough I am. And the guy's like, did you really do that? He said, I really did that. Are you really that tough? I'm that tough. And the guy's like, Wow, well, I guess, I guess you got the job. And the guy's like, sweet! <laughs> it's that far above a dad joke, Richard. I, I mean, we're not quite there, but I really thought of you when I thought of that joke, actually. I was like, that's good. That'll be a good one. So this guy, what he thought was the most important thing about him was how tough he was. Say, I'm tough. I'm tough. It's the most important thing. Well, what's the most important thing about you? What's the most important? What does the Bible actually teach us and show us and reveal to us what the most important thing about us is? Um, it's interesting. I referred to this, uh, I think, in a small group just recently. A.W. Tozer, quote from him. He said, the most important thing about you is what you think about God. 
One preacher added to that. He said, the most important thing about you is not just what you think about God, but what you also think about his word. Our view, our perspective of the word of God, of of the Bible, is one of the most important things about us, if not the most important thing. And so we're going to direct our attention to our our text here, and um, we're going to be in Psalm 19. A lot of other scriptures throughout the message and on the bulletin, I did not list them. They'll be on the screen, but it just wasn't enough room. And, uh, but there'd be a lot of room to take notes, and you could jot them down and uh, look at them later or follow along in your Bible. But Psalm 19, probably one of the most concentrated teachings of scripture about scripture, probably second to Psalm 119, and we don't have time to go through that. Um, Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. Uh, but Psalm 19, very concentrated teaching about Scripture based upon Scripture, because it is the Word of God. And so this portion, what it'll do, this portion of Scripture, it'll give you a correct perspective on how to look at the rest of Scripture. So how do we view the Word of God? We look to Psalm 19 in a few verses here, and we're going to see Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to start in verse 7. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, they are righteous altogether. And it says they are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Okay, so six things in this text about what the Bible says about the Bible. You follow that? Six things, and this will be really easy to follow. So six things in the text when it says law, it says testimony, it says precepts, commands, fear, judgments. These, these are basically descriptions of Scripture. It's different facets of the Word of God, but it's all the Word of God. It's referring to the Bible. It's referring to God's Word. So this message, this is how easy it will be to follow. There will be six descriptions of God's Word, and then there will also be six results. Okay. So six descriptions, six results. That'll kind of be the the format, and we'll just dive right into number one. God's Word, what does it do? God's Word, number one, transforms us. It transforms us. You ever think, boy, I wish I could be a better person. Boy, I wish I could change this. I wish I could change this about me or that about me, and and I really wish I could get this area of my life under control. You, You really want to be transformed. God's Word brings that transformation. Verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The law of the Lord. The word law in this text in Hebrew is Torah. It means the law for life or rule for living. This is God's word, God's instruction to us on how to live this life. This could be defined as the standard that we measure everything else by. This is God's word. The ultimate authority, the final authority in our lives. It's, it's the, the rule, the standard that we measure everything else against. It's not the laws of man. This is the law of the Lord. It's the law of Yahweh. The law of God. And this law, it says, of the Lord is perfect. It's perfect. You know, the 
perfect translation of that word, perfect, is perfect. There's not really a better way to say what the Hebrew word is saying there. It's perfect. Probably the best translation to, to capture the intent of the author. How many translations, I wonder, have the word perfect? Raise your hand if you're looking at your Bible and it says perfect. And only a couple people brought their Bibles? What? It's, we spoil on the screen. Maybe we should take them off, bring the Bibles and, or the devices. Or maybe nobody else's version says perfect. <laughs> maybe I'm lost. Because it's, if it's not, then that's not the perfect translation. Hebrew word for perfect in this text is temim. If I'm saying that right. It's defined as complete, unscathed, intact, blameless, without fault, free of blemish, impeccable, honest, devout, whole, entire, unobjectionable. God's Word. It's perfect. His Word is perfect. The Bible is 100% accurate in all that it claims. And it contains within its pages all truth necessary for life. God's Word has it covered. What do you need? It's in God's Word. Right? Preachers sometimes are, are kind of known for saying this. They say, you know, every answer to every question you can ever come up with is found in the pages of this book. And is that true? No, it's not. Because I have not yet read the verse or the chapter on how to hook up a router for a guest Wi-Fi for our, our shelter guest. I don't see that in here, right? So when people say, every answer to every question, not, not even like two plus two, Right? We've not seen that, but look, I think it's captured very well. Second Peter 3, or chapter 1, verse 3, says, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness, to life and to godliness. The things that matter, who cares about 2 plus 2? You know, like, the things that matter, who cares about Wi-Fi, you know? The things that really matter for life and for godliness, all of that contained in this book the bible is not lacking in one way regarding the instructions the warnings the directions that we need to live the best life the most fulfilled life on this earth in fact so complete so comprehensive is god's word that it that it restores the soul one translation says it revives the soul one another translation says it converts the soul this this is how powerful it is man it converts the soul Get, wrap your mind around that for a moment. Picture a person that's unconverted. They are what the Bible refers to as, as dead to God. They're dead to God. Spiritually blind, yes. Spiritually deaf, yes. But not just blind and not just deaf. They are dead to God. Dead to God. Remember this next time you're dealing with somebody that's lost. Because you wouldn't slap a blind person for not seeing what you're showing them. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't yell at a deaf person for not hearing you. They're deaf. They can't hear you. And, and neither would you get so fired up in opposition against someone that's dead, spiritually dead, to God. And so next time you're upset with that family member or that coworker, that person that you are uh, in, in, in constant contact with, just they're not converted. Remember, they're dead to God. Now, that doesn't mean that they need to stay that way. Amen and thank God. They don't need to stay that way. But how do they become alive unto God? How does that happen? How does that work? Maybe if you just convince them. Maybe if you tell them what 2 plus 2 is. That'll work. Oh, wow, you hold all wisdom. 2 plus 2. I want to be what you are. No. 
How do they become alive unto God? This is certainly God's will. It's his desire that none perish. So how do they do? How do they become alive to God? Well, you remember for you yourself, when you were dead, whenever you were lost in your transgressions, remember that? Let's not just get through this quick. Let's really, you remember when you were like lost? Like, I mean, like spiritually, like dead? And, and it's like the word of God meant nothing to you. I mean, maybe it was a spooky book that people respected a lot. So you're like, I don't want to read Revelation, you know, because everybody's told me that's scary. But outside of some like, you know, head knowledge stuff, the Bible didn't really mean a lot to you when you're spiritually dead. You remember that? But do you remember whenever God's word began, began to come alive to you? You remember that? Remember whenever like the words of these pages were starting to just, like jump out at you? And you're like, oh my gosh, I need more of that. That is like, that's the key. That's the answer I've been looking for. That's, that's right there in this, in this book. And, and, and wow, where has this been my whole life? And it's like you begin to come alive to it and you probably didn't realize it at the time. But, but it wasn't really that God's Word was becoming alive. It was that you were actually coming alive because you were spiritually dead. And I believe that God's Word is so filled with power, so filled with life. And, and even when we speak God's Word to the unconverted souls, I believe there's a process that begins to take place that converts their souls. And I don't think it's done because we convinced them. I don't think it's done because we won the argument. I don't think it's done just in our example alone. Although all of that stuff can, can be used by God, but it's something about His Word that converts the soul and it brings them to life. It brings us to life. Not just them, not just like the others, but like us. It brings us to life. And so this is why it's so important that we lean into God's Word, that we lean in and lean in and lean in. Like the scripture um, in James, when it talks about confess your faults one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And so like we confess these sins to each other. Well, I confessed my sin to, to, to Greg and, 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 and we prayed and, and I was supposed to be healed and, and well, it didn't work and I still find myself struggling in this area. Well, then what I do is I continue to go back. I continue to apply that and I continue to apply it until this thing's overcome. And I'll increasingly apply it. I don't just go to Greg. Maybe I'll go to Brian. Maybe I'll go to Kip and Johnny and different ones. I'll just, I'll continue to apply God's word till I see it come to pass in my life because God's word is true it's pure and so so we speak the word of God over our lives over our homes over our families over our children and you may not see it they may not show it but I tell you man God's word is the standard that we measure everything else against and the verse says God's law is perfect converting the soul one definition of this Hebrew word for convert that I saw it was retrograde motion. That just sounded like a word that Richard would have been interested in. <laughs> I thought of you a lot this week. <laughs> retrograde motion. That sounds engineering. And uh, I know engineering is not a word either. Now I'm thinking of Kip. <laughs> retrograde motion. This is motion that moves in an opposite direction, contrary to the normal order. You want to get a person, you want to get your own life? flowing with the things of God, not, not, not in the direction of the world, but towards God, we lean into God's Word. Because it converts the soul. It converts the soul. So it's perfect. It's powerful. It converts the soul. God's Word transforms us. That's number one. Number two, what else does it do? God's Word gives us wisdom. It gives us wisdom. Wisdom, man. Not that it's just for us looking smart or sounding smart, but if you want to look or sound smart, man, you quote God's Word. And some will think you're a fool, but man, it's, the wisdom is there. 
um, second part of verse 7 says that the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, brother, I guess everybody else in this room is smart because I'm really fired up about that too. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm simple. Yeah, I want some of that wisdom. <laughs> Woo! God, you're throwing us a bone. <laughs> and me and Farron, we'll take it. <laughs> now, when this word... When the, when the text, you remember when it says law, when it says testimony, precepts, commandments, fear, judgments, all, all of this stuff, it's different ways of basically referring to the Bible. And each of these give a different aspect of the Bible. But this one, this one is really cool. Because it says the testimony of the Lord. And this pictures God as a witness to Himself or a witness about Himself. This is stinking cool oh my gosh this is so i feel like i'm going to leave here and feel like this is still in me like it's not going to come out like this is so in me imagine that i'm a judge and god help us right because if i was and i was wearing a robe i'd be as comfy as i could i wouldn't wear much under it right <laughs> i would be i would be fired like day one imagine if i'm a judge and 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 we're in a courtroom and we're here to learn about god and 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 and, and i i just i took my gavel and i'm like now taking the stand, the creator of the universe, God, God takes the stand and we're like, God, tell us about yourself and he's going to reveal himself. And it says that the word of God is the testimony of the Lord where he reveals himself to us. And what better witness of who God is than God himself? You know, you want to learn about somebody, you talk to them. They're the source. And God's Word is described as the testimony of the Lord. So it's no wonder that it says the testimony of the Lord is sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's like an underhand softball pitch. Yeah, it's sure. Yeah, it's sure. It's reliable. It's trustworthy. It's firm. It's faithful. Testimony of the Lord is so sure, so trustworthy that it can make a simple person wise. I was thinking of how to demonstrate, how to illustrate simple. And instantly, I didn't have to even think about it very long at all. I don't know if my, if it, my dog walked into the room or it just came to my mind, but it was there pretty quick. I thought of my dog, Opie. And you think of simple. I don't know what you think about, but I think of Opie. Because Opie is simple. I mean, you talk about simple. This is a dog that has just a couple of brain cells that they're, they're like trying to survive from week to week, man. They're just trying not to create too much friction in, by themselves. They don't explode. Like this dog is so simple. Like, I mean, just so chill, laid back. And most dogs are like that, but Opie deserves a trophy. <laughs> he, he would win first place, I think. And, uh, and not to say that dogs can't be smart. And this is where, where Shelly would be getting fired up. Oh, he's smart. He's smart. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Like compared to what? <laughs> compared to a rock. Who said that? Why would you say? I'm only joking. <laughs> I love my dog. Compared to a rock. That's really good. Because he chews on rocks. What? You know, buy him chew toys. Just get him a rock. We have a rock bed out back. But simple describes a lot of dogs. But if, if you've ever had a dog get loose and they're just out running around in the yard or in the neighborhood or in the country, wherever you live, 
And, and they're just running around, enjoying their freedom, no care in the world, just naked as a jaybird, and just like running free, big old smile on their face. <laughs> and you're like, Ugh! you look like an idiot because you're out there, Opie! 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 Get over here! Because that's going to work. Growl at him. That'll get him there. And they're like, and it's, which is one reason why I don't like his name, and I really didn't like his name to begin with. Sorry. Because you can't be out looking for your dog saying, Opie! And if you can't control a dog named Opie, we've got problems. A Cujo, yeah, Cujo, Cujo! People make sense of that. They're like, yeah, I, don't, I wonder why that dog's lit. Dog does what he wants to do. Or kill her. No. Opie! Mm, mm, mm. It really it's it's pride, I think, but it really bothers me. I don't like I just and our other dog's name is Baloo, so <laughs> Opie! Baloo! You can get throw some depth in that one, but so dogs out enjoying their newfound freedom, and it's amazing how they give up all that freedom for a little piece of a milk bone. Oh, 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 milk bone, oh, milk bone, milk bone. And they just run and they give up all that freedom. They're free. And they'll even go into a cage for that milk bone. Okay, okay, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I mean, to this day, Baloo still goes into the kennel for a milk bone and he doesn't even have to be in a kennel. Like, Blue, get out of the way. That's for Opie, you know. Yeah, dogs, dogs, if we're being honest, dogs are not the only simple ones. Right? Right? Who popped in your mind? <laughs> You're like, I'm looking at him. <laughs> who, who popped in your mind? You need to repent. We'll have an altar time later. But humans can be simple for sure. We can be simple, right? I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do this now. Oh, I'm going to do that. And whatever it is, at the beginning of the year here, not step on any... Diets, exercise, I'm going to read more, I'm going to church more, I'm going to go to the conferences, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, all the stuff, which is good. It's good. All of it's good. But truth be told, I think we all have a touch of simplicity in us, and maybe I'm saying that through my own perspective, because there's some pretty simple things that I bring to the table. Some of us more, some of us less, but it's something I think in my perspective that many deal with, and how do we best deal with it? Number one, there's no second, there's no uh, nothing. Be grounded in God's Word. You want to deal with simplicity? This is why we have Opie reading the Bible. No, we don't. He's so simple. <laughs> no, if he could read, we'd be selling him. We'd make money off that somehow but by being grounded in God's Word. Because the testimony of the Lord makes wise the simple. God's witness to Himself is so powerful that He can take a simple person and make them sharp in the ways of life. It makes them sharp. It makes them like, wow, you're astute. Wow. Where'd you get so much wisdom? You've been reading the Bible. Luther made me. Because <laughs> they're reading through the Bible this year, guys. You know. If you don't know, then I don't know how you don't know. <clears throat> but, but, but how many of us 
can testify to the impact of God's word on our lives. How, how before we were saved, we lived a life that would be so foreign to us now. The impact of God's word on our finances, on our marriages, on, on our parenting. And, and so many, I mean, how many parents had it figured out? I mean, we had it figured out until we had kids. And then it was like, oh my, we need help. Like, you know, we need to figure this out quick. We don't want to ruin the first one and keep on having, you know, like, first one's turned out really well. But the impact of God's Word on our lives and, and, and so many who were going in one direction in life, but then God through His Word, through His Word, redirected our steps and then but for the grace of God, there go I. So God's Word, it transforms us. It gives us wisdom. Then number three, number three, God's Word brings us joy. Brings us joy. Bring satisfaction and fulfillment on a level that cannot be touched by anything else. God's Word brings us joy. And, and you notice the progress of God's Word. It converts. It makes wise. It brings joy. Certainly. That makes a lot of sense. That's pretty logical, actually. But it converts. It makes wise. It brings joy. Verse 8 says, The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. NIV says, giving joy to the heart. The precepts of the Lord are right precepts or statutes it just means god's rule for righteous living his rule for righteous living one clear way to say this is this is god's divine principles that we base our lives off of it's what we live by god's divine principles you know the world has principles there are worldly principles out there right and god has principles but the world's principles here's a few of them i wrote uh, you only live once anybody ever hear that you only live once. How many dumb things were done after that statement? You only live once. Fool me once. You know that one? Fool me once. And, and how it embodies unforgiveness, bitterness, you know, hurt. Uh, fool me once. What goes around comes around. And God says, vengeance is mine. Like the principles are like opposing each other, right? Life's too short. Uh, dumb things after that one too and some of that stuff i get it but worldly principles they're worldly god has principles though and god wrote his principles in a book and he gave that book to us so that we could live by those divine principles these precepts these principles says they're right they're right hosea 14 9 says whoever is wise let him understand these things whoever is discerning let him know them for the ways of the lord are right they're right. They're right. And they're right. And so you're reading God's Word and something comes up that you read and you disagree with it. You're like, oh, I don't know about that. Who's right? <laughs> Here's a clue. Not you. Someone's trying to get you to go in an opposite direction of what God's Word teaches and, and, and instructs us to do. And, 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 and who's right? Well, it's God's Word. The precepts of the Lord are right. And right, right means straight, means level, means correct, means it fits. It's right. It's like when, it's like when God graciously led me to, to Julie. And uh, I mean, not because I brought so much wisdom to the table, but God really guarded me from all the other pitfalls that I ignorantly explored, thinking I had to settle. That was one of the lies I believed whenever I... Whenever I was uh, 
um, dating and looking for somebody to spend the rest of my life with, I thought, well, I have to, I have to settle. I mean, it's gonna, I don't want to be alone. Probably the number one thing that I want to be when I grow up is married. I don't want to be alone, but I'm going to have to settle, and it's going to stink to some degree, some days, hopefully not most. And I just grew up with that lie in my mind. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting how God has like just directed our steps. But if there's one area of my life that I'm thankful for God helping me get it right, man, it is in my marriage. And it's not because of my own wisdom. It's not because I had it figured out or even had a plan. It wasn't because I was really sharp about it. It was because God said, I'm going to have you get dumped multiple times until I get you to the right one. Stop going after these ladies. I can't keep them from me, Lord. <laughs> They're not the problem. You are, son. I guess you're right. <laughs> but God, by His grace, man, by His grace, when I saw Julie, there was no doubt in my mind that she was and is right. She tells me every week, she's right. No, it's not that way, not that kind of right, but she's right. She's right for me. She fits. For those who've been you know, through a divorce, you know the pain of not getting it right. You know what that feels like. And there's an abundance of God's grace for you. And the good news, there's good news, that there's always grace to not only get it right, but also to make it right. To make it right. And so if your marriage isn't all that it should be, there's grace for you. If you've gotten it wrong a time or two, there's grace for you. And then the truth is, we all need God's grace, right? Amen? We all need God's grace, right? Amen? Okay, some of us do. Okay, the rest of us, you do too. You just, I need God's grace to be the best husband that I need to be. Uh, Julie needs God's grace to be the best wife for her to be to me. And, 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 and how, we, how do we know this? It's God's word. It's God's word. It gives us direction. It gives us these principles to base our lives off of. How am I supposed to be the best husband to my wife? It's in God's word. God's precepts, his divine principles for your marriage, they're, they're right. They're right. And they'll give joy to your heart. They're right. Listen, listen. They're right. It's not found when you live with somebody that you're not married to. It's not being with somebody of the same sex. It's not cheating on your spouse because you're not happy. It's one man, one woman together forever. And by God's grace, you work through whatever comes your way. One preacher, I remember asking them, I said, well, what do you do whenever a person wants to get married and they've already been married like a time or two or ten or whatever it is, whatever the number is, they want to get married. Like, what's your advice? What's your counsel to them? And he said, make the one you're in or make the next one that you're coming into, make that your last one. Just make it your last one. Make that work. Make that stick. And there's grace. I mean, the past is covered the future, I mean, there's grace that empowers us to live and fulfill that. And when we base our lives off the principles of God's word, there's joy. Certainly applies to marriage, but also just as much to our finances, to our families, to our friendships, to our parenting, all of it applies to all. And truthfully, any other principle that we could choose to live by is only a crutch, and it makes us weak. It makes us weak. You only live once. Ah, makes us weak makes us easy, easy targets for the enemy because the advice of your friends that's not enough okay god's word is a little higher than that <laughs> you know what you see from dr phil it's not enough the current best-selling self-help book that's not enough 
All of these things can bring temporary happiness, but we're not talking about happiness. We're talking about God's Word bringing joy. And there's a difference between joy and happiness. And that difference is that joy lasts and happiness fades like a fart. I'm sorry, Kip. It's what I decided to go with. (laughs) Katrina said the other day, you always talk about... (laughs) I'm proving her right. It was toilet humor. Humor. There's so many people that just got that truth. You're welcome. You're welcome. Gary, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Happiness fades. Joy lasts. Here's a pretty awesome insight from from Scripture about the joy that it brings us. Um, This is about Scripture, from Scripture. Remember Luke 24? Luke 24, there's a couple of disciples who, uh, they're, they're walking on the road to Emmaus, remember that? And Jesus, Jesus is, he, he appears and he's talking to them, but Jesus is incognito. He's hidden from them. He, he, like, they see him, but they don't recognize that it's Jesus. He hadn't revealed himself to them. And so they don't know it's Jesus. They're talking to him. And it says that Jesus made known to them from the scriptures, the things concerning himself. You're like, why does that matter? Just hang with this. This is good. Luke 24, verse 27. says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, explained to them that what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Why does that matter? Why does that matter? They're talking to Jesus. Jesus probably could have just gave it straight to them because he is the word of God, right? Jesus is the word. He's come to us in flesh, so he's the word. He could have just said anything, and it would have been, that's word, that's the word, that's God's word. He is the word. Yet Jesus, who is the word of God, chose to not reveal himself apart from the word of God. It's interesting. People say, all the, well, I wish I could sit down with Jesus and have a conversation with him. You better bring your Bible. You better bring your scriptures, man, like... like you bring him because how he's probably going to talk to you and reveal himself to you it's in his word well i have some questions he reveals himself to us through his word and remember what it says is the response of these disciples on the road to emmaus verse 32 says we're not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us god's word only it can do that only god's word can bring joy like that so it gives us joy Recap real quick. God's Word transforms us, gives us wisdom, gives us joy. Then number four, God's Word opens our eyes. It opens our eyes. Man, how God opens our eyes through His Word. Boy, He does. The end of verse 8 says, The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The commandment of the Lord is pure. The word commandment is, is, is like, Another new, a nuance of that is like terms or stipulations. Like, like, here are my terms. But not just terms like you have to agree and abide by. It's stipulations. You do this, and I'll do this. If you do that, then I'll do that. And in God's commandments, there's a, there's, a, there's a nuance to that that it's like lays out these terms. And, 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 and so if you do this, I'll do that. When we come into agreement, agreement with God's commandments, we position ourselves to be blessed by God according to His terms. And boy, oh boy, those are good terms. <laughs> they are really good terms. 
Not just financially, it certainly includes that. But over our marriages, our relationships, our, our children, over our homes, over our entire community. We come into agreement with God's Word and it can affect, it can impact our entire community, an entire region. Second Chronicles 7.14, popular Scripture. If, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, he says, if you do this, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'll heal their land. And God says these commands, they're pure. They're pure. There, there are no ulterior motives with God. He doesn't want to just control us. It's not that He wants to bless us is what He wants to do. There's no trickery in His commands. No deceit found in Him. His, 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 his word is pure. Just pure desire to see His children blessed with life, with healing, with wholeness, with freedom, and everything good. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father. Of heavenly lights is what it says. Coming down from the Father, every good and perfect gift, everything good in our lives comes from the Father. Everything good. Everything good. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. God's word opens up our eyes. It opens our eyes. Jesus said this, In John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You have the light of life. And thank God that he opens up our eyes. Thank God that he gives us instruction, that he gives us direction, that he directs our steps and opens up our eyes to see where we're walking, to where we should be walking. He opens our eyes. God's word opens our eyes to see weapons that are fashioned against us. He opens our eyes to see blessings created for us, to see when we deviate from his path of righteousness. He opens our eyes to see what might cause weakness in us, weakness in our families, weakness in our marriages. God's word opens our eyes to see those things. God's word opens our eyes to see his will, his plan for us. He opens our eyes to see the standard of freedom that he's prepared for us. The book of Acts was not supposed to stop with chapter 28. And never-increasing freedom is this glory of the new covenant that we operate under. And so God's Word, it opens our eyes to see clearly in a world that is otherwise filled with confusion, deceit, and darkness. And man, there is so much deceit and so much darkness. And, and I don't, just about any news agency, especially uh, mainstream media, just get on there so much deceit so much deceit. And you could find it like just by flipping the channel. Like back and forth, back and forth. They're saying exactly the opposite. Wow. Moving on, number five. God's Word gives us stability. God's Word gives us stability. You want some stability in your life? It's God's Word, man. We dive into God's Word. Dive into God's Word. Verse 9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Enduring forever. The fear of the Lord is clean. What is the fear? Fear. We've all seen throughout this pandemic that we've gone through, and we've gone through it. We're done with it. I probably need to stop talking about it. But we've seen, though, like up close and personal, the power of fear, right? The power of fear. And there's a lot of things that's happened on that, and, and there's a couple of sides, and, and not to even get into that, but like the power of fear when it grips like, like, like a nation and, and, and even a pandemic, an entire world. 
And we've all seen that. And to this day, we still see negative effects of that fear. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God's certainly not given us a spirit of fear. But what about Proverbs 9.10? It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> what? What? God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To make it clear, I think, to point out that there is a healthy fear and there is unhealthy fear. There's healthy fear and there's unhealthy fear. Unhealthy fear, when people are afraid of their own shadows, not willing to go out and do something impossible. Get out of your comfort zone, do something impossible. Not just great, not just great, but do the impossible. Don't waste your life, man. Don't waste your life. Do something impossible for God. Unhealthy fear paralyzes a person into a place of inaction. But healthy fear, healthy fear, you know there's healthy fear? I wouldn't just go up to Julie and say, you better get in the kitchen. Make me a baloney sandwich. Because I have healthy fear. (laughs) (laughs) That she would cry. You know, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I have, you know, like this, like you're climbing a ladder. You're climbing a ladder, and how many times have we done this? Johnny. Um, <laughs> he's rigged up so many contraptions to, like, cash in on my life insurance for his daughter, I think. <laughs> a ladder stacked on a ladder stacked on a table stacked on. Well, that's Richard, too. <laughs> you did it right here. <laughs> At least you strapped your stuff down. <laughs> but you ever been, like, climbing up a ladder, and it's, like, shaky? Or, or like, you're up close to the house, and, the, and maybe you're trying to work on the gutters because the water's been hidden. And, and it's so like the, the feet of the ladder start to sink down. And the ladder's like almost like straight vertical. And you're like, oh no, you know. And, uh, and you need to get, there's a healthy fear that says you better get off the ladder. And there's an unhealthy pride that says you can do it. But there's a healthy fear that says get down, take a little extra time, adjust this ladder, and you're going to be a lot better off for it. I remember one time, Olivia, she, at the old uh, church building, she was one day after church, and she was young, I think like four or something, three or four or whatever. She was like running out the front doors. We were, we were out, the, out, out of the front doors talking and stuff. She goes running out there, and she's just going down the sidewalk into the parking lot, and this guy was in this car backing up straight towards my daughter, and so there was like this, Ugh! and I yelled, Stop! I wanted everyone in the neighborhood to hear me. Not just her. I wanted the guy in the car to hear me too. And he did. He hit his brakes. And you better believe that Livy just stopped dead in her tracks and was like, uh-oh. Because there was a healthy fear of like what a parent brings. There can be a healthy fear there that is really good. Healthy fear of a parent calling out with authority, there's a good thing for her. And just like a kid that's like headed towards the road, and you as a parent in a real stern voice, in authorita- authoritative voice, you, you say, stop, don't go by that road. And, and, and the fear of the parent saves that kid from doing something stupid. Healthy fear is a good thing. And that's what it means when it talks about the fear of the Lord. It says clean. It's clean. The word clean means it's pure. Fear of the Lord is pure. 
It's pure. It's not like you. It's not like me. Whenever we get upset with our kids, and maybe it's just me, but it's not like we get upset and you get angry. I told you not to do that. And you're not just raising your voice to make a point. You're raising your voice because you're beginning to lose your cool. And God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. It's pure. It's pure. It's good. Not one ounce of anything bad. And more than just not bad, it's all good. It's pure. It means 100%. It's full strength. Full strength. I was at a, board, a school board meeting the other day. And uh, Mary McGreer, she is uh, assistant superintendent for uh, the District 80 school board. She, a uh, sweet, sweet lady. She's kind of like the mama of the district. And I knew that I had a headache. And I knew that if I was going to get any kind of sympathy or maybe some headache pills, I would be able to talk to Miss Mary McGreer. And so I pulled her aside and I said, Mary, is there, a, is there any headache pills here? Do you have any headache pills or in the district office? She's like, yeah, follow me. And I'm like, let's go, mama. You know, like, she's the mom. And, um, and I didn't call her mama because that'd be weird, but <laughs> it would. It's, I just thought, I felt like that was weird when I just said it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's weird. Um, she says, follow me. I'm like, oh, man, this is the perfect person to ask. So we go back there, we, she says, okay, now, she opens up this cabinet. She's like a little drug dealer. She opens up this cabinet. She says, now we got, we got this stuff. It's just like petty stuff. Or we have this stuff, which is the extra strength, absolutely going to knock it out stuff. Which one do you want? And I'm like, I take that. I want that. Because if you ever had a bad headache and you don't want it to get worse, or you just want to get rid of it, or you're going to mess with the stuff that's like, uh, no, you're going to mess with the. I want the stuff that's going to get taken care of. And this is, this is how it means in God's word, that, that God's word is 100% pure. It's full strength. Full strength. It's more than enough to get the job done. And the way that it brings stability to us is that it is in and of itself stable. God's Word doesn't change. Heaven and earth could pass away. Boy, I should have put that Scripture in there, right? That's a good place for it. I would have had that on the screen. Man, I missed that. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not one piece of my Word. Not one, was it jot or tittle? Is that one translation? That sounds so King Jamesy. Jaw or tittle. I don't, it's the second time I've used that word this year. <laughs> Is that even a word? <laughs> okay. I got one more point. We can just pray and go home though, because I, you know, <laughs> God help us. <laughs> God's word is more than enough. It's more than enough. And when we get alone with his word, man, it brings us to stability and the way that it brings it is that it's stable. It endures forever. And if you were going to build your house on the sand on a shifting foundation, man, you just know it's going to sink. But to build a house on a rock, you know it's, man, that's solid. That endures. That's a good foundation. And when we build our lives on the principles of God's Word, His divine principles, man, there's an amount of stability that that brings. And certainly when it's based upon like like, like, like it circles around the fear of the Lord because I'm not looking at it to pick and choose the pieces that I like. This is based around the fear of the Lord. 
So you want your marriage to last forever? You base it on God's Word. You want know, to you raise your children and, 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 and have them raised by worldly principles or God's standard that lasts forever? It's like that's a no-brainer. Do you want your identity established by the ever-changing opinions of man? No, no. Or you want to base it on what God says about you. That's what our identity is set on, established on. Do you ever have somebody look at you sideways? They look at you, they kind of side-eye you, and it's like, mm, they look at you like, ah, you're stupid. You know, you're like, you remind me of Opie. You know, like, they look at you like, you know, you've been judged by somebody, like, you're bothered by that, and all of us have probably been bothered by that in some way or somehow. But, but man, you know, my life and my identity is not based on what you say or think about me. It's based on what God's Word says. And He says, I'm something. <laughs> I'm a masterpiece, a work of art. Building our lives on the enduring Word of God is a sure foundation. Everything else is shaky at best. So God's Word, it transforms us. It gives us wisdom. It brings us joy. It, it, it opens up our eyes. It gives us stability. And number six, the last one, God's Word promises justice. It promises justice. Last part of verse 9 says that the judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. The judgments of the Lord are true. Judgments, that word, judgments of the Lord. These are like His, his, his rulings, His decisions, His, his verdicts like what he says, like, the, like the, the, the established thing at the end of the matter, God says, okay, I'm judging this. This is my judgment. That's what I render. What God has decided on any given situation, any circumstance, it's not just his judgment, but it says it's true. It's true. The word true, that means trustworthy. It's firm. It's faithful. It's reliable. It's lasting. It's enduring. God's word, his judgments withstand the test of time. When society brings criticism against God's Word, and you know that it does, right? Society does, kind of clashes with God's Word. His Word endures those attacks, and we embrace His Word regardless of culture. Whether it's popular or not. Whether it's about abortion, homosexuality, gender identity. We only have a few viewers on social media anyway, so... Anything else that we think is taboo to talk about, we can unapologetically stand on the truth of God's Word and not in a way where we think we're better. It's not as I stand on God's Word looking down my nose at anyone, judging anyone. It's not that. God help us to love each one that comes into our lives as well as the church as a whole as we've judged them. God help us to love them. But to stand unapologetically on God's enduring Word knowing that His judgments are true. They're true. And, and that His Word is true and truly righteous altogether. Every bit of it. Not just some of it. Not just the parts that we like, the parts that we're comfortable with, but all of it. And so it's no wonder, verse 10. Hmm. I just see I didn't show you guys the Scripture. <laughs> There's the Scripture. The judgments of the Lord are true. They're righteous altogether. So verse 10 goes on. It says, There are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. It's worth so much. This is God's word, so valuable. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. It's satisfying and nothing else comes close to satisfying like, us God, like God's word does. Verse 11, moreover, by them your servant is warned. God in his word, he says, hey, you're headed towards a cliff. 
You need to stop and go back the other way. And we're just like, do-do-do-do-do, worldly principles, do-do-do. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned, and keeping them, there is great reward. Nothing more fulfilling. Nothing more fulfilling. Kaylin, would you come? Nothing more fulfilling than God's word. Nothing comes close to accomplishing in our lives. Thank you. What God's word gets done, nothing comes close. And, I, and my, my prayer, and it really truly has been my prayer for our church, is that we would be a people that just move beyond knowing these truths, that we would be a people of the word. And what that means is not just knowing it, but applying it, a people of application. And not just people of the spirit, but also of God's word. I, I don't know many great examples of, of, of churches that have married those two things together well. And this is like a conviction in me to like see it happen. I want to be a church of God's spirit and a church of God's word. A lot of times you have churches that are really word, word, word based, but spiritually dead. Or you have churches that are spiritually live, but they're a loose cannon because they're not grounded in God's word. And, and, and to be a church that marries those two things together, you know, God's word, it is our ultimate authority. We measure everything against it. God's word is true. God's word is faithful. God's word is enduring. God's word is what we base our lives off of. But not to neglect his spirit, who we open our lives up to freely and we say, have your way. Lead me, lead me off a cliff if you want. I'll, I'll follow you. Lead me to do the impossible. I'll do that by your grace. I'll do it. But you know, part of the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal truth to us. And that truth is found in God's word. And so I don't know how you really separate the two. But I think that for a long time, churches have done a great job of it. And I pray that we would not, but that we would marry those two together, God's word and God's spirit. into altar time. So I just want you to stand. There's been a lot happening today, a lot a lot of um, truth and wisdom spoken. And I do believe, I feel like, you know, some people are kind of just out there like, I have no idea. I can't. How can I get there? How can I get there? You know, <laughs> and it's like, I believe it goes back to what, um, Ryan was saying earlier about um, resting. You know, we're called to be sons and daughters, and we're called to receive all of his goodness. And it's a relationship in him, and it's not about what can I do to get this, what can I do to get that, but it's about a place of resting in him and receiving the things that he has for us, receiving his word and receiving the truth. And it's not a striving. So I just wanted, I just want to lead you guys in a prayer. And if we could have some, some of the um, uh, ministry team that wants to come and, and minister, but I'm going to lead in a, in a prayer. And then if you feel led to come up, if you want prayer for anything that you're dealing with, Feel free to come up, but if you need healing in your body, 
if you're if you're just really having a really rough time struggling with anything um you'll, you'll come up so let's just all pray together so yeah father i thank you god that you are our father you are the one that loves us you are the one that has your hand on us god you are the one that has put it all out there for us that you gave your son for us you sent your son to die on the cross for us yeah so if there's anybody even in this room today that has never accepted jesus as their savior this is the time to do that you this is this is what we receive we receive the goodness of the blood so just say in your heart lord jesus i thank you that you died for me on the cross and i receive you into my heart now to be a son and a daughter of the living god thank you for saving my soul thank you for for just dying on that cross for me thank you jesus hallelujah huh. you say that prayer in your heart that means jesus has come in he saved you brought you from the kingdom of of death to the kingdom of light thank you lord that's first and foremost because if you if you don't know jesus then our life is 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 death but with Jesus, it's, it's all life and a life of eternity with him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And God, for anybody that has um, struggled and felt like they've been striving in this world just to receive God, we break that off right now in the name of Jesus. I break striving off. I break the, the cycle of, of religion off right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that you lay your hands on them as sons and daughters, God. Lay your hand on them, God, that they can receive everything that you have for them. In Jesus' name, I just speak peace and rest. That we can rest in what you've accomplished for us, God can receive your goodness God thank you father thank you father thank you Jesus hallelujah yeah if you guys the altar is open we want to pray for you we want to release um, peace over you so if you're still struggling just please come let us pray for you Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.